Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I'm Bill Knight. Glad to have you here today. You're looking fine, sir. Thank you. You are too. But then again, my screen is fuzzy. <laughs> yeah, so is mine. Actually, the camera's off. I was oh, just thank being you polite. very yeah. much. Oh, the camera's off. Oh, my goodness. It is going to be one of those shows. Um, a lot of things happening. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to the midterm elections. Do you still think, Bill, I mean, do you still think, I hear them talking about the big red wave. It's going to be huge. It's going to be unbelievable. I hear every pundit out there saying uh, the Republicans are going to take back everything. But there's a big part of me that says, oh, we're setting us, uh, ourselves up for a massive disappointment. What do you think? You can almost smell the steel. Yeah, I, but you know what? Uh, there is the groundswell of the big wave, and they're even saying now it's pretty certain that we're not only going to get the House, we're going to get the Senate, too. Mm -hmm. and, and it's so serious that Schumer and Pelosi have gotten together. They're having their confab right now to try to figure out, A, how they keep all their spending intact mm -hmm. because they're going to lose it, and then, B, how they maintain control of power. Well, if you're voted out, you're voted out. I'm sorry, Nancy, you have no power. But then again, you know, did they really win it all the last time? And are they just trying to figure out how to connive and, you know, you know I was thinking out a win. I was thinking this morning as I was taking my shower, I do the darndest thing. The morning yes, sabbatical. Yes. Is. yes. I was thinking um, during the presidential election, maybe it was easier for them to steal it because technically they were stealing one candidate's mm -hmm. uh, election. And maybe the difference is that in the midterm, you have so many individual elections around the country that are going to be determined that it's right. just too hard for them to influence every one of these elections. But then I thought to myself, eh, we're talking about the computer world again, and uh, we're talking about uh, digital, you know, digital stuff and we know that there's software out there that can be manipulated, and how hard can it be? Is it just a keystroke somewhere? I mean, I'm just saying. Well, remember the words of the Democrats over the past couple of weeks. Are you going to accept the loss if you lose? <laughs> oh, uh, now, Joe has already made it clear that they're not going to accept the loss. It might take a few days. It could yeah. take a while to count these votes. So in other words, well, let's see. Republican vote, Republican vote, mm -hmm. Democrat vote. Wait a minute. Go back a little bit. Oh, those two votes there that we just did, they don't count because they, they, they start with an R. You can't count an R before a D. I was watching one of the uh, talk shows last night, and uh, well, let me see if I can find the exact quote. Because White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain uh, said Thursday morning that President Joe Biden's Wednesday night speech was, quote, one final warning to election deniers. The term was one final warning. This is Ron Klain. Well, first of all, I'm thinking, where the hell does he get off warning anybody about anything? You, what, essentially, what he was saying was, you haven't got a right to deny this election from 2020. You haven't got the right, and we're warning you. You got to drop it, and this is the last warning we're giving you. That's what it. That's what it sounded like to me. And where does the White House Chief of Staff get off get off warning anybody about anything? 
You know, this is a guy who's supposed to be advising the president. And he's not supposed to be warning the American people. And he said that, that Biden's speech the night before last on television, that 25-minute rambling uh, speech that uh, was very divisive. It was incredibly mm-hmm. divisive. Uh, that was the final warning that he was giving to people who differed in their view about the 2020 election. Is this a warning to us that they plan on, A, stealing the election, and B, going after people who, who have a difference of opinion? Well, and, you and, know, and based upon that, Bill, I'll, I'll, I'll stop you. Right, based upon that question, you told me this morning something which was unbelievably uh, upsetting. <laughs> what the happened? The State when, Department. Yeah, go ahead. Tell the people. All right, uh, here's the deal: the State Department. Apparently, it was found out in the past couple of days uh, that they uh, they gave law enforcement. And intelligent agencies, intelligence agencies, unrestricted access to Americans' personal data. Everything about wow. you, they gave up 145 million plus Americans. Now, what is there? 320, 360 million Americans? Yeah. And that's kids, Republicans, and Democrats. Take the kids and the Democrats out. That probably leaves 145 million uh, conservatives. Wow. So... They give our information to these uh, police organizations around the country, departments, and uh, they warn us that we better fall in line and stop mm-hmm. believing this uh, 2020 conspiracy theory. That, that's in quotes. Uh, right. And if we don't, they imply there'll that, be consequences. Yeah, they imply there'll be consequences. Oh, well, there you go. So you're on, look. Uh, they said it was done via passports. Do you have a passport? Have you yeah. traveled? And you know what? Well, that could be a clerical lie because think about this now. Mm-hmm. Remember when they said in order to travel or go from state to state, you needed to get the new driver's license, which kind yeah, of superseded this, a passport. Yeah, yeah, which I got, by the way. Did you, uh, the What do they call it? The, the smart uh, license? Yeah, or? well, when you renewed your license, you got the smart license, which is kind of like a passport. So the word passport, that's yeah. just code to throw. Oh, I don't have a passport. I'm good. No, hey, you, Bill. Do you, have a, you have a driver's license? Do you have an ID card? Bill. <laughs> they got you. If we have to have a smart license to get, you know, around to show whoever needs to see it. Why is it that the people who cross our borders and who are dropped off in cities, they don't have anything. They don't have any idea. They just dropped off. They, we don't know who they are. We don't know where they're going or where they're staying. Well, you know, I'm just sitting here thinking, I guess it's the conspiracy in me, but you know, when we talk about, the passport, the smart IDs, and all of this stuff. And uh, you remember a while back they were talking about, well, you know, we're going to chip people. No, you can't do that. That's mark of the devil. Well, what's the difference between a chip in your body and a chip in your your license and your ID that you need to have to get around? I don't know. What what would happen if you decided you wanted to go down to Mexico and you— didn't want to go through all those uh, customs things. You just wanted to cross the border and uh, maybe with your Jeep or something and, 
and drive on down to Mexico. And then you decided when you're done to drive on back the same way without going through customs. Could you be stopped and arrested? What do you think? Yeah, I think I would. I don't think they'd let me over. I've been across the border several times. And you, you always went through customs. ID. You always went through customs. I, I had to go through customs. Well, if people who come from other countries can march into our country with no consequences, why shouldn't we be able to go back and forth the same way? I also saw that over the weekend, a large contingency of Venezuelans came across mm -hmm. into our country and they got into an altercation with our border patrol. They also were carrying this huge Venezuelan flag, waving it like to taunt us. We're not coming across to be Americans. We're Venezuelans coming across to be Venezuelans. Now, that's a problem that I have. You know, you look at, uh, you know, people who are sitting there going, the American dream. Right. You have a lot of people of Italian descent that came here. They came over by boat. Yeah. They got here. They learned they the, got dropped. Learned they, the language. Yeah, they went to the one island to be processed. They came yeah. across. They Ella, had to learn. Ellis, Ellis Island, yep. Ellis Island. And then they had to they had to know the presidents. They had to know more stuff than a regular yeah. born American citizen. And they were proud. And then they got their citizenship. And they are more American, I hate to say it, than some of us that were born here naturally. Sure. Because do you know where, you know, the history of where you need to know the history yeah. of this country to be a part. And they're proud, Bill, they're proud of it. They don't take their citizenship for granted. No, they, they love don't. it. They, they love did it, it the right way for the right dreams. But you have people that are coming up now. I want to be part of America, America, but I'm going to fly my flag. And now that I'm here, this don't feel like home to me. We need to change your rules. Then get the hell back on the boat and go back home. Why do you think so many uh, immigrants who came to our country legally are so against the, the illegals moving across the border? Because they did it the right way. They value what they got. They understood the, the American dream. They worked hard where they came from. They sweat to earn a future for their kids and they came here and theoretically you have more to gain here. Now there are people uh, in office now that are trying to change that for mm -hmm. everybody and turn us into uh, a Zimbabwe. I don't know, you know, pick a country in, in Europe or, you know, uh, anywhere around the world. That's not us. And, you know, we were, we were, we were the exception to the rule. We've and, been, up until Bill, about a, a, about uh, two weeks ago, we were told that about two and a half million people, and suddenly they're saying over five million people, not counting the getaways. Yeah, and I have a problem with that. Now I don't have a problem with those people. They came here at the behest of an idiot in the White House, and we're going to have to find a way to deal with it because. We are technically responsible for them being here, but it they didn't get here the right way, and we have to sit there and say, you're here, but nonetheless, you have to, you have a choice. You have to play by, by our the rules, rules yeah. that are laid, yeah, by the rules of the land, yep. and you can be a part of it, or you know what, then 
Go home. Go would, home. would you consider what's happening in our southern border an invasion? It's an absolute invasion. Well, it's a is purposeful this, invasion to dismantle this country. Is this administration uh, doing something which would should be considered treasonous? Absolutely. I think anybody that's a part of this needs to be you know held held accountable and and uh, suffer the consequences for their actions most every one of these people raised their hand and and pledged to protect our country against enemies both both foreign and domestic yet they have welcomed and opened our borders and made them more porous than they've ever been and not only that they didn't take these people and put them in one location and uh, no, you know, to to watch them, they encouraged and and helped them go all throughout our country to different cities near and far. You know, they yeah. have taken people, put them on airplanes, and brought them up to uh, New York to airports in Westchester County and places like Poughkeepsie and in places like Seattle, and they've dropped them off. And mm-hmm. they've let them go. And by the way, a lot of these people are little children who are truly unaccompanied. Yeah, and see, that gets into the trafficking thing. And yeah, you're going to go, oh, Bill, are you going to talk about adrenochrome and stuff like that? I don't have to because you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you know what I'm talking about, then there is an ounce of legitimacy to it. And there's more than an ounce of legitimacy yeah. to it. Yeah. It has been going on the 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 technology or the the medical science of it has been around. Was it from the, the uh, Shakespeare the Shakespeare play I think it was Hamlet? He mm-hmm. doth protest too much. What essentially that means is when somebody is saying no 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 that's ridiculous why are you talking about this? They're essentially acknowledging the fact that it exists. That's what they're protesting too much. They're making too much of an issue. You've hit a nerve and they're responding, you know? Exactly. And, you know, isn't that what they always do? And go back to the 2020 election. You know, you're promoting the big lie, the big lie, the big lie. That's a big nerve that we hit on that one. So it must be a whopper, you know? So, in other words, the big lie is the protection of what really did happen, and they're going to try to make it happen again. And I don't think the people are going to put up for it. So, you know, in in realms of what we are doing, you and I kind of on a personal note, we're mm-hmm. going, well, you know, what's going to happen when we have the midterms? And let's say the, the red wave gets in. Right. Uh, no matter whether they allow the red wave to come through and get in or they fight it, uh, I believe that, you, that we're ringside for the fight of a lifetime. Right. All hell is about to break loose. Get they're ready not, for it, they're not going to give up their power hell easily. No. Easily. Hell no. Yeah. You know, they make money from this. Politicians are elected to come in and represent their constituents. Uh, and, and, and that's it. And they should serve a term or two and then make room for new voices and keep things moving forward. No, 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 no. If you're somebody like, if you're somebody like me and uh, like Bill, who, who believes that uh, the election in 2020 was stolen, it was manipulated. 
I know. I don't believe I, I'm uh, damn sure yeah, it was. I am too. And I'm not basing that upon feelings. I'm basing that upon what I've seen in, in our facts. Yeah. Nothing more yeah. than this is not. This is not touchy feely. No, touchy feely yeah. goes to the liberals, Bill. Touchy feely goes to the liberals. They don't base their feelings on fact, if you know what I'm saying. They're, they're the party of love. We yeah. don't name call. We don't badger anybody. Oh, horse bucky. You see, of Trump has been doctored up. He's fat. He's overweight. He's orange. And that turned out to be uh, a trick that they did on camera. Uh, I think it was on a news thing. And then they said, hey, this is funny. Huh? Everyone got in on the joke. They always make fun of the right. The, the people on the left. Yeah. This is from The View yesterday. This is Sonny Hostin. She's really, really hard left. Uh, right. But she's also opinionated and rude. And the things that she said, when you hear what she says next about white suburban housewives, I want you to take the word white out and replace it with black. All right. Or mm -hmm. Asian or take any other, well, you know, and, and replace it and see what the response would have been if she had said that. Listen to this. This is Sonny Hostin. I read a, a poll just yesterday that white Republican suburban women are now going to vote Republican. Why? It's almost like roaches voting for raid, right? It's, it's I think like that's they're that's voting, no, it's they're voting against, a voter. We, they're we, voting no, against no. their own. Okay, and they go into a rant and a rave, and the token, uh, <laughs> the token Republican starts getting angry at her for saying that, but it's really not a, a well thought out response on her part. It's just more cackling. What also gets me about this is they plant an audience filled with losers, and they will clap if they said, uh, uh, you know, I just shot the parking lot attendant. <laughs> I mean, they will, they will clap on cue for anything, these morons in the Views audience. And I'm saying that because I really believe it. They are numbskulls. Anyone who fights to get a ticket to sit in the audience to listen to those jerks on the stage talk is beyond help. You know, they have a history of bringing people on to their show, and I think most of the conservatives know it now. They will call you up with all the love in the world. We really want to have you on the show. Yeah. yeah. Oh, didn't you say that uh, you're, you know, for funding the police? So, you know, we are too. We really need to talk. Could you be on the show? And then they trap you and they, you know, they, it's, it's, a, it's like a gangbang of talk show hosts, uh, all sitting there of, of liberals ganging up on the conservative. But can you imagine? And they do it all the time. Can you imagine if, if someone said this about a minority? Listen, I, I read a, a poll just yesterday that white Republican suburban women are now going to vote Republican. Why? It's almost like roaches voting for raid, right? It's, I mean, that is, that is, well, disgusting in my opinion. <laughs> roaches voting for raid. But you know, I know a lot of great, and I don't, and this is going to sound wrong, but I, I have to say it this way because I, unless you can tell me a better way to say it, I have friends that are, are black and they're not racist. They've grown up with no, racism. No, 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 no. Absolutely agree with you 100%. There's no other way. Listen, I don't believe racism permeates minorities. I believe there are people who encourage it. What do they call them? Race-baiting uh, pimps? Uh, they, well, some, there are white people that use the race card to gain and control And black people and like Sharpton. 
Yeah, he's doing it too. I mean, when they see that they have power, then, you know, everybody's a pawn and, and they play that card. Now they are the true racist. Hey, Race doesn't know color. Bill, they know they, these guys make a ton of money. Sharpton makes power. a ton of money. Uh, I mean, every all these guys who are marching for the cause, most times are marching for their wallet. They're well, marching hmm. for their wallet. Uh, Al Sharpton, he, you know, he he hasn't he hasn't missed a uh, uh, a few. A funeral, like I'm thinking about George Floyd. He didn't know George Floyd. Al Sharpton didn't know George Floyd. The guy died, and Al Sharpton figured, oh, I can make some points by going out there, standing in the crowd, and being up front, and maybe speaking at his funeral. Oh, that would be great. Oh, you know, and it's bringing up Floyd again. You know, well, it's terrible how he died. Well, I'm sorry, but this guy, he sat there, and he is... He 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 carved out the world that he lives in with the drugs and everything else that he did. Was it a happy death, a happy ending? No, but in uh, I'm not saying that uh, the officer he was, was was a saint. He was a, uh, a a a known criminal with with a record. Yes, with a record. Uh, I, I, did the officer have the right to put his knee on the guy's neck the way he did? I don't think he did. I don't think no, he did. I don't but, think he did. But, but then the again, it Bill, was Bill, Bill, But the autopsy, if I remember correctly, was that he died of fentanyl. Yeah, he would have died no matter what. The officer could have come up and shake, you know, shook his hand. Yeah, and and, and then if he would have dropped dead, then uh, well, he had a firm grip. He said, he "I had a hard. I'm grip. having a hard time breathing. I'm having a hard time breathing." That may not have been from the knee. That may have been from the drugs that he had in his system. And, you know, when you are a person in law enforcement and you take down a perp, you know, and they're going to tell you anything in the world to get up. And then if they're the kind of person that wants to flee, which this guy has been known to do that, once you let up on them, boom, they hit you. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of ways you could look at this, but let's not forget who Floyd and what Floyd was. Now, is the officer, you know, getting what they deserved? Probably. I don't I know. think it's, I think it's too much myself. I, I mean, he, he wasn't the direct cause. If the, no, he if wasn't the coroner the direct said, cause. if the coroner said, he this guy died from the the drugs in his system then it couldn't have been the cop putting the knee on the back you can't have two reasons for the guy dying can you you the cause of death no, had to can't. be yeah and i could be wrong on that but uh, uh i well you know the one thing about uh, the the legal system i don't know if you were to ask kamala oh yeah you can be uh guilty of uh, two causes of death uh, shows you the extent of her knowledge of the law, but you know what? She's worth a lot of money, and she, and you know, it, it was a it was a black preacher that sat there and said Kamala Harris is uh, Miss Lock a Brother Up because she didn't do anything for the black population out in California. She is a phony. She's <clears throat> a poser. Okay, here's what the coroner ruled. I'm looking at it. Uh, it says the medical examiner who ruled, and this, by the way, is from, of all places, MSNBC. So 
mm-hmm. not not a uh, not a right leaning website. The medical right. examiner who ruled George Floyd's death a homicide testified Friday, and this is April of 2021, that Floyd's mm-hmm. heart disease and drug use contributed to his death, but police officers' restraint of his body and compression of his neck were the primary causes. So this this coroner, by the way, is saying there were three real reasons he died. How can you have three real... Like, if I, if I guess... If I shoot you and then hit you with a baseball bat, what killed you? Mm, my my ex wife's cooking. I don't know. <laughs> you know that uh, medical examiner. Uh, his name yeah. is Andrew Baker. Uh, he's been a chief medical examiner in Hennepin County since 2004. Said Floyd had severe underlying heart disease and an enlarged heart that needed more oxygen than normal to function as well as narrowing of his coronary arteries. Baker did not include a lack of oxygen or asphyxia as a cause of Floyd's death. So let me ask you this. If he had all of that going on with the heart, he was a uh, McDonald's Happy Meal away from dying anyway. Yeah. Pretty much. Do you think that that, uh, that decision from that coroner was a political decision? I mean, if, if you looked at the decision, right, to me, mm-hmm. that says, oh, I don't want to irritate, I don't want to tick off the right or the left. So, yeah, he had the heart disease and he had uh, uh, other underlying he, conditions, but uh, we also think that the, the cop kneeling could, was a cause, too. Yeah, you can't do that. You have to be definitive about it. But the simple fact is, if you are going to sit down and look at it, you got to look at the prevailing evidence there. The prevailing evidence is this guy's lifestyle, his health condition set him up that he could have been driving through, uh, driving down the street and somebody honked their horn and it could have, you know, thrown him into a heart attack or cardi- a cardiac arrest or cardiac arrest. Mm. So he was a time bomb waiting to go off. And that was the the breaking point right there him trying yeah. to get away the time bomb ticked one final tick and that was it if the police manual allows for that move maneuver meaning kneeling on exempt the, but but no exempt. you should be exempt but they're not Th- these cops weren't they did what was in the manual and they got arrested and went to jail for it Yeah, well, you know, unfortunately, we live in a day and age when people break out their cell phones. And it's funny because I I don't know if you've ever had it. Somebody gets in your face Mm -hmm. and you defend yourself. Wait a minute. They get their cell phone out. Okay, go ahead and say what you said. Right. You know, then you just sit there and look at them and go, I wink and walk away. Uh, It's like. So we have law by social media. Yeah. In other words, you know, they can sit there and take something and create a story you know the picture is not the entire story mm-hmm. and obviously it's not now you heard by the way maybe you haven't heard oprah has endorsed fetterman in pennsylvania yeah why i have well, what's her reason i have well i i gotta think that she was pressured into into doing this by possibly obama and and the democratic party i think she has uh, she owes a lot of her success to people on the left, and she doesn't want to alienate that left. Well, she takes credit for making Obama. So no, that was she her... takes Obama or Oz. 
No, she takes credit for both. But Obama, she she touted him before he ever became president. And, oh, what a great guy he was. And she he was her chosen candidate. So who does she owe favors to? Maybe it's somebody we we don't even know. Maybe it's somebody you know, deep in the background who has been responsible for the success of a lot of people like Oprah and Obama and and the like. You know, and I mean, she's playing the card in Doctor Oz because um, they were close you know, friends. They, they were, were close, close, yeah. But then again, too, there was Letterman that was looking to get him on the show, and that that created the race to get who's going to get Oz first. Well, it was going to be Oprah, of course. You know, and you Oprah know, says initially, "I'm not getting, I'm not getting involved with the Pennsylvania race. It's uh, something that should be determined by Pennsylvanians." That's what she said, and it was only yesterday that she broke that and and said, "Well, if I did live in Pennsylvania, I would vote for John Fetterman." By the way, well, by the way, Bill, the big question is, what is so appealing that would have made made you make that decision? What is so appealing about John Fetterman? What does he bring to the table that makes you want him to be your senator? Well, I think what brings him to the table as something for it's not money because she's got all the money you could want and then some. She she found the golden uh, she found the brass yeah. rail of life and she made money and good for her. I'm glad she did. That's the American dream. But we pointed this out before. It's not really money that's going to make you happy. It's power. Now, who could give her power? Because she does like the idea of being a political influencer. Democratic Party could. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, you know, there was talk a while back that her and uh, Michael Obama, uh, Michelle Obama uh, would get together and run. Now, I'm not pairing those two. But maybe she's thinking about it going, I want power. I want real power. I want to have say. Um, and so, you know, she's going to ditch her oxygen network and get into politics because now not only does she have a bigger money ring, brass ring, she's got power. John Fetterman was on a TV show in Philadelphia a couple of days ago. The show was hosted by Mike Jarek. Uh, a lot of you people may know him mm -hmm. from... Uh, his days as Fox and Friend weekend host. Uh, Mike right. has been doing a program, I think it's called Wake Up Philadelphia. And mm -hmm. uh, he was on with Jarek, and Mike well, said, uh, Oh, you got to hear this. He said, Well, I'll let it. It speaks for itself. The moment that stands out that they keep using over and over again is your comment about fracking, your answer to the fracking question. Here it is. There is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? I, I, I do support fracking, and I don't, I don't, I support fracking, and I stand, and I do support fracking. Do you understand why people are now questioning your ability to be our senator from the state of Pennsylvania because of moments like that? I, I, I believe that, that my support of fracking has always been been one that uh, in, in the past uh, it was some of the environmental uh, concerns. Uh, hello? Anyway, mm -hmm. uh, it, the guy obviously has a lot of communications problems. People say, well, hey, listen, what's the big deal? You know, he'll be able to use his closed captioning. First of all, 
you can't bring your closed captioning everywhere you go. You just can't do it. They have conferences. They have small conference rooms at the Capitol you have to go into sometimes and in the cloister with your, your, your members, and, and you have to be able to communicate your thoughts and feelings. And I don't think John Fetterman can do that. Can you imagine John Fetterman at the stage he's in right now getting, getting up on the floor of the Senate and articulating the views of the state of Pennsylvania uh, to the and doing it effectively to the entire mass of senators in that room? I can't see that happening ever. And by the way, Bill, one more thing. They say that after six months of, after a stroke, that's usually about as far as you go as recovery is concerned. Well, then he's there. He's yep. there. Yep. So, so what you get right now is as good as it's ever going to be. And having been around stroke victims before, um, when they get as good as they're going to be, it actually doesn't get any better. Sometimes it starts to decline, mm. and they can have another stroke again. And I'm not saying That's true. that, ha-ha, but the, the simple fact is the man needs to get some medical attention. Maybe he can fully recover. How good is it, Bill, to, to put him out on stage in a stressful situation? This is a guy cover, recovering from a stroke. Does he need the stress of being in front of large groups and trying to be articulate? No. No, it can kill him. This is just a matter of they want the seat for a Democrat. And by the yeah, way, by the way, for it's a six-year seat. And by the way, folks, for people who are saying, "Well, as soon as he gets in, they're going to replace him with his wife or someone," that isn't who you're voting for right now. You're voting for John Fetterman. You should. You they shouldn't be allowed to do something like that. They well, shouldn't exactly. go into an election knowing that they're going to replace the guy in a month. You know. Yeah, and you're right because it is a six-year appointment. So. He gets in and he goes, you know, I'm sorry, but I, I thought I could fulfill the duties. I can't. And then, well, in this case, Governor Wolf will sit there and go, hmm, let me uh, let me look at all the Democrats that we can put in. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. What did you say you're for? Oh, and, and you could put a, a far left socialist in, and you could put you could put anything you wanted to in because yeah. you're the governor. It's not an election. So this is not a good situation. Oh, you and know, we're, we're talking about Pennsylvania. I was just reading where tens of thousands of Pennsylvanians are leaving the Democratic Party and becoming Republicans. Tens of thousands. This is a story right here in my sweaty little palms. Uh, yes. It's, well, you know, I'm not advocating people go from Democrat to Republican. I am. Because, <laughs> well, I am for the vote, yes, yeah. but I, I'm saying... The the thing that the point that I'm trying to make is, it can't be partitics. You know, we have to have the two party system, but we got to get you know all the foulness that is in both parties. But there's a lot. the The entire Democratic Party has I, been. I know. I know where you're coming from, but I I think I think it's really one side. It's lopsided as far as foulness. Oh, it's goes. very lopsided. Right. If now. If anything, I see the the Republican Party as trying to clean itself out already. I, I think that faction that uh, Biden keeps complaining about, those MAGA people, those mean, evil MAGA people, I think of them as people trying to to clean up and make the Republican yeah. Party, you know, better. These but are what people they're trying to do. They're trying to take the 
Well, they they call it the the far right conspiracy people, and they may not even be, yeah, you know, really Republican, <clears throat> but they're trying to dirty the water. These are people who, I believe, probably were blue collar Democrats five mm-hmm. years ago, ten years ago. The MAGA people right now. When you look at the crowds that go to the Trump rallies, for the most part, they're blue collar Americans. And they're having the time of their life. But if you had taken that same group of people 10 years ago and put them in a a rally somewhere, it probably would have been a rally for a Democrat. That's what's happened to the Republican Party. And by the way, that's why old school Republicans like Mitch McConnell aren't totally comfortable with all these rabble rousers who've come into the party and become MAGA supporters because... Well, they're not one of us, you know. I mean, they are. Well, you know, you need to take your blue collar and get it out of here. Because I do think that we are getting people that are more buyer beware. And that's a good thing, I think. If people pay more attention to what's going on with their their elected uh, political officials, and if they're not good, get rid of them. We should point out that you're listening to us on CRN America. Our brand yes. new network. It's heard uh, all over the world. We just, uh, we haven't had the official launch yet, but we have launched it. It's there. It's and, there. It's yeah. streaming now. And uh, so, yeah, we're on CRN America. And when you go to the web page, you just click listen now, and it takes you right to the streaming uh, server. So yep. it's there. And th- there's something like nine servers all over the planet. So it's amazing. And you can hand it off to the one closest to you. So it streams. It's at 256K, which is way more than you need for talk. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if somebody goes, yeah, but how many listeners can you have? Well, the good news is yes. more than we could ever get because it's unlimited. Wow. We have unlimited bandwidth. So, so think if, of it as people may say, what's the difference between, for example, your podcast and this CRN America? It's a good question. Glad you asked. You're a smart audience. The difference is with a podcast, you have to go find the show. You have mm-hmm. to either download it. You can stream it from usually the podcast location, but you just listen to that one show and it ends beginning and ending. So if the podcast is an hour long, an hour after you start it, it ends, that's done, the show's over. CRN America is, think of it as a radio network, continuous radio network. When you go to CRN America and you hit the play button, you can do whatever you want and you'll hear talk radio from Bill and I and eventually other people. And it'll be continuous 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah, it's up and running now. The app is uh, in development. I mean, it'll be a simple app. I believe it's uh, golden black. But, uh, again, you'll be able to have that on your smart device, uh, uh, the uh, Apple or the Android, whatever it is, yep. and uh, iTunes and Google and, you know, all the, the various things. And you'll be able just to download it and have it on your device. So. You know, a lot of people like to do that. Well, you, know, they, you won't have to hunt and peck for our podcast. You won't have to go to a place and try to find the show. And what will you'll be able to do? Let's say you're going to go out to mow the lawn. You just uh, you take your phone, you hit the app, you hit play, you put your headphones on, and we'll just keep you entertained while you mow your lawn. 
Yeah, and the talk just keeps on coming. Yeah. What is that website again? It's a CRN America. CRN America, all one word. Dot com mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's worth giving it a listen to. You may uh, like it so much you never go back to any place else again. <laughs> You'll just stay with us forever. And, yeah, it's, uh, look, it, it it's been a fun and long, you know, tedious project, but it's it's up and running. And there's we will tweak it as we go. We'll probably get somebody to do. We'll we'll hire a head tweaker. Yes. Well, that didn't sound right, but yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Would you yes. like to uh, like yes. to have a job as uh, what do you do, Dad? I'm the head tweaker at CRN America. No, <laughs> really. Yes. Yeah, I, I keep the. Network. I was the assistant head tweaker, but now I'm the head tweaker. Yes. And exactly, <laughs> what do you do to tweak everything? Well, <laughs> well. Oh my gosh! Uh, out Does in St. Louis, out in St. Louis, uh, this is interesting. The St. Louis election officials mm. out there are telling volunteers, you know, election night volunteers, that uh, don't worry about the new photo ID rule that they have. We're not the photo police. So they have a rule out there that you have to show a photo to, to vote. It. Don't and this, about and, it. And the, the people who work in the polls are telling the trainees, ah, we're not the photo police. Just ignore that. They're going against what is the rule in, that, in, in St. Louis. Judge in Michigan, uh, apparently... Uh is allowing the old election laws uh, to be in place that were blocked. So w- what happened there before will yeah. happen again in this election. It was a Democratic-appointed judge, so go, fig- go figure. So they do have their key elements in a lot of places still in play to do the steal. Well, look at the mayor of New York. A judge ruled that uh, something had to take place, and I'm trying to think of what it was, but there was a law that came down that uh, required the city of New York to to do a certain thing. And the mayor of New York decided, oh, to heck with it, we're going to ignore this. Mm-hmm. And nothing has happened so far. Now, if you uh, were somebody who ignored a court order, wouldn't they come to your door and uh, arrest you for... I'm just saying, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, it just seems like a lot of people, what I'm finding out as I get into my older age, is, is a lot of these judges, they don't, they, have, they don't have the power they say they have. You know, They come out with these rulings, you have to do this. But if, if the people you say it to ignore you, what good is your ruling? I'm Absolutely just saying. no good at all. But you know what? That, that's funny because rules apply to certain people, mm-hmm. depending on who makes the rule. A couple of things. Did we talk about the uh, North Korea? Uh, we did not mention North Korea. This is happening, like, right now. Right yeah, now. Yeah, there, there's three major things that I recall that's that's going on out there. Now, number one, Marjorie Taylor Greene said if the Republicans take Congress as they will, then they're going to end the funding to the Ukraine war. In other words, we're not going to fund. Right. Zelensky and the Ukraine anymore in their fight. Right. Democrats are all up in the arms about that. And they're trying to figure out how to salvage that. North Korea. So we've got that at play. We've got North Korea that flew 180, 180 warplanes yep. to the border of South Korea because yeah. the U.S. is involved with military games with Seoul. And so Seoul had to sit there and send up interceptor jets to meet them. And, you know, 
you're going, oh, they're just playing a the game. They're you know what else they're doing? Taunting you. But they, you do that with one or two jets. They came, they, they came down to the border, right? Right. Yeah. But they also went out over the, the ocean and came down over the uh, uh, the South Korean coastline. So they right. it was like they were surrounding, you know, uh, South Korea. And, and they didn't attack, but Yet. the action by itself is is kind of like uh, intimidation. It's like we're here and uh, and we're we're gonna we're gonna deal with you, you know. That's that's major intimidation because, yeah. like I was saying, usually when you do something like that, it's one or two jets. That's what the Soviets do. They send a bomber over where one hundred and eighty go. One hundred and eighty. One hundred and eighty means go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, you know, you know, we have since Biden has been in office, mind you, when Trump was president, he got along with, uh, you know, uh, Rocket Man, as we call him, mm -hmm. uh, up in North Korea. Uh, he got along with him so much so that Rocket Man stopped having launches of his uh, rockets. He, he he had a moratorium. And he he continued that moratorium while Trump was in office. Now people may say, was it because Trump was buddy buddy with him, or was it because Rocket Man didn't know whether Trump really meant that he was going to blow North Korea off the map? You know, I'm just saying. I think it was a little bit of both. I think it was a little bit of both. But Biden has caused that to flare up again. North Korea and South Korea. Mm -hmm. He has allowed uh, the Chinese to get to the point where they're talking invasion of Taiwan, okay? He, he, the Japanese are so upset with what's happening in that region now, they've already committed to enlarging their armed forces and uh, their, their uh, nuclear, I say nuclear, their missile capability. And also, we have the war in the Ukraine, which they promised us in February we would have no troops, no American troops on the soil uh, in the Ukraine, and now we're finding out we have advisors all over that country. Yeah, we did that back at the, uh, well, at the beginning of the Vietnam War. So we got a war looming, the Korean War, all over again that's looming out there, and 180 planes, come on. That, that is the precursor for something bad that's going to happen there. Mm -hmm. You've got China and Taiwan, and all both of these scenarios involve us. Well, wait a minute. Now, Russia's been warning us. Now, Marjorie Taylor Greene is going, huh, you know what? We're going to fund this Ukrainian war. But what have your tax dollars really been doing? Because, you know, Vladimir is going, you know, you keep pushing. I fire missiles. And they have nuclear warheads. So what do we do? Well, a U.S. Air Force flight spent two hours uh, drawing. This is skywriting. You see planes. Is this in the Ukraine? Well, we, we sent... Uh, no, this was actually, um, they did this uh, near several Russian military facilities. So it could have been the Ukraine, could have been in Russia. But what they were doing is flying over the Russian base and skywriting, drawing a big phallic symbol. Now, if wow. you're laughing, you're probably a lefty, you know, because yeah. oh, that's what you do. But you know what? Laugh at this when the incoming ICBMs start flying in and you go, what do you do? Well, you know, the old line of, you know, stick your head between your legs and kiss something goodbye. Because yeah. we don't need to be doing stupid stuff like that. How much does it cost to fly that plane and sky right with a military plane? Oh, I know. I know. 
What if they knocked the plane out of the sky? How much would we, would we have lost then? You know, as far as I'm concerned, the pilot that said, yeah, I'll, I'll fly that mission. You need to have your wings clipped, sir. Who was the uh, who was the officer that said, hey, let's, let's yeah. do this. <laughs> yeah. You need to have your wings clipped. And who was the political person that said, yeah, you know, that's worth uh, yeah, maybe $100 million, $200 million to waste. Just why to are, we, it'd be why are we doing everything we can to antagonize our enemy? Why is it that we're doing stuff to get the other side angrier at us? You know, you well, would think that they would know. you would think they would be looking to defuse any situation that was potentially harmful to our country. I mean, why is it that we're adding advisors into the Ukraine when we said we would never do that? We're, because we're we having know better than anybody else. You see what our advisors have done before for us. Yes, and them. We're putting Nothing. airplanes into the sky and having them sky uh, sky draw a phallic symbol. I mean, this is ridiculous. Now. The UN, there's a mm -hmm. trustworthy organization. The yeah. UN nuclear watchdog said on Thursday it had found no sign of undeclared nuclear activity at three sites in the Ukraine that is inspected at Kiev's request. So we have what? to trust. We have to trust that the UN, the UN watchdog. I didn't even know there was a UN watchdog, right? But the UN watchdog said, "Don't worry about it." We don't see any any activity uh, in that area with regard to uh, limited yield nuclear weapons being pushed into place. I would, my feeling, mind you, but I don't think the Russians have to bring their limited missiles into the area to fire them, to have them be effective. They probably have mm -hmm. missiles they can fire from Moscow if they wanted to that would hit a target that they they wanted to hit in the Ukraine. They could fly a jet well within the borders of Russia at a nice altitude and pick the yeah. target, and it could be a nuclear-tipped missile, and it can go right in there and hit its target and do its damage, and it could be flying well, like I said, inside the borders of Russia to where if we touched it, they touched it, it would be an act of war. Now, well, Bill, if they fire a nu nuke inside of there, it's an act of war. Well... Let's be honest. They're at war. They both say they're at war. So mm -hmm. what's to stop the elevation? Uh, American influence and uh, meddling into this where we're sending, you know, uh, boots on the ground. We, we've, we've sent money in. We've given them hardware. We're involved in a war. So when this president of ours goes in front of the American people like he did uh, a couple of nights ago, and never once, never once mentioned the Ukraine war or the or inflation. None yeah. of those things were mentioned. Well, yeah, he, they're, they're not going to be. You know, they want to distract us from the real problems of the world. And we talked about it on our special. You know, the whole bottom of this boat is getting ready to fall out. It's rotten. It's rusted away. Right. And if we sit there and go too much longer, too many days more, and it could be, it could happen overnight. This president goes on television, talks to millions of people, has an opportunity to, uh, to calm the, uh, the, 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 calm the atmosphere that we're living in right now. I mean, there's a lot of people who are afraid of what might be down the road. I mean, I, 
I find people talking about things like, what do we do in the case of a nuclear war? How do we protect ourselves if, if there's a nuclear war? Is there anything we can do? How do we, how do we make sure we have good drinking water and have enough food? People are talking about this now out in the open. This isn't like some wacko, uh, what do they call them, prepper kind of thing. This is something that, that neighbors are talking about. Hey, have you yeah. got enough water for your uh, your your family? Uh, have you got enough food? Did you get any any supplies? I mean, this could be serious. Yeah, and you know what? If you ask a Democrat friend what they would do in this case, well, that's why we got to maintain control of the Congress and the House because Trump really screwed it up back. You know when he was in. Uh, this has nothing to do with Trump or the right. Yeah, it's just like. Um, you know, we ended up, you know, the, the physical year at uh, $31 trillion in debt, which is up from what it was six years ago. And they say, well, see, uh, the responsibility falls on the Republicans. I will remind you, mm -hmm. it was a Democratic House. Well, uh, we're, we're almost at the end of the, uh, the program, but I do have one story that I think you need to hear. Sure. Uh, according to a new poll... Liberal women are far less likely than conservative women to say a woman having an extramar extramarital affair uh, is wrong. The poll found that only 36% of liberal women say that a married woman having an affair is always wrong. 71% of conservative women say it's always wrong for women to have an extramarital affair. So liberal women are far more uh, forgiving when it comes to having affairs. If 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 you're liberal and you is, have an affair, is it forgiving or what's goose for the, uh, good for the goose is good for the gander? Are they just far more promiscuous? They're far. I think they're promiscuous. I think that. I think that they. I, don't I think know, being you know, a. I, I, don't you think that being a good liberal is somebody who justifies just about anything? They, why did they do that survey? We have run out of time. I could go on and on, and we will have to hold that question until Monday. Yeah, you got a friend in Wisconsin, by the way, and they were at yeah. the American Legion Post. Yeah. And somebody that was turned on to the show uh, commented uh, how they liked the show. Yes. I don't know that person's name, but hey, thank you for the kind. Thank you, know, you for uh, for listening. And please do me yeah. a favor and do Bill a favor. Tell your friends. Uh, you can find us now on crnamerica.com. crnamerica.com. Just hit the play button and play and walk away. Just play and. Let it go. It'll we'll entertain Let it go. you. It just keeps on going. Yep. And going. And of going. course, you can download the program, too, from uh, itsanotherday.com. If you want to go yes. the old school way, that's fine, too. Have a great day, my friend. Have a great weekend. If anything you happens, same? if anything happens, uh, Major, we'll get right out. Yeah, it. we'll come right back and uh, do a special show. Absolutely. Take care, Bill. Have a good one.